<laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Your mouth is moving. Hey, Weirdos Randos, and this is a podcast based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, about everything and nothing. We're your hosts and brothers. I'm Chorus. And I'm Taylor. And together we prove that, yes, indeed, anyone can start a podcast. You can consider us the background noise beneath the soundtrack of your life, or maybe even something slightly less significant than that. The Padilla brothers are not responsible for the opinions, jokes, hopes, and or dreams expressed in this program. They are merely the nonsensical mutterings of two brothers recorded for your listening displeasure. What up? Welcome back, Albuquerque. This is what, episode five now? It's a big five. It's a big five out of five stars. You should be rating us. On yeah, seriously, that would be super helpful. Whoever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and we're pretty much everywhere. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts is my go-to. Yeah, I don't know where that one star came from, but it's gone now. So. It is gone. I think it was Kevin James. It was Kevin James, and we apologized to him. We so called him out. We're pretty much just, we called him out, and then we apologized, and we called him out again. It's tough love. It's tough love for Kevin James. That's his life. How's your week been? Oh, it was good, dude. Um, I was actually planning a trip to Atlanta. I was super excited for it. Booked the flights. I was going to go out of town with a buddy and do some creative work. And um, at some point on Thursday, when we were supposed to leave in the morning, we got a notification that the flights were canceled because of a crazy storm. So that was pretty depressing, got to be honest. I mean, but yeah, sure, you, you were like going to do something, but what else is there to do like in Atlanta? Eat food and like hang out in a place I've never been. But what are some like, what's like some straight up Atlantic, not Atlantic, Atlant, <laughs> Atlantean, Atlant, Atlanta foods? What are, I don't, I can't even think of anything. Dude, I don't know. It was a spontaneous like a, trip. So like a peach, that's it. That's all I can think of. We didn't really plan it out. It was just kind of a spontaneous thing. And I was excited to, to be in a new city and well, you that's know. why it fell apart. Because <laughs> that's why the storm came. Yeah, that's why the storm came. <laughs> Knocked your plane out of the sky, all that. Yeah, it was gonna be cool. We were gonna go shoot um some videos with some music artists and hang out and just take it easy. But um, humble brag. The uh, brands, brands. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to brag. You guys, how my week was. I was looking forward to that for like four days, and then it was just robbed from me. And what's dumb is Southwest was like, "Oh yeah, you can still go, but you'll go." So my my plan was to leave Thursday night and then get back Sunday night. And they were like, "Oh, you can still go. Your flight has been delayed till Saturday. You'll arrive at midnight Saturday and return in Albuquerque Sunday at midnight." You should have just gone with Spirit, man. They're trash, but they'll get you there, man. They they'll, just strap you to the top of the plane. They're like, just get in the trunk, bro. You want to get there or not? Yeah, dude, spirit's sketchy. But now we're uh, we're waiting on refunds, so they said it'll take up to a month. Oh, my God. They're like, oh, we'll give you points right now, but if you want cash. Points? What am I going to do with points? I don't know. What am I, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> Got all these flight points. So uh, in lieu of Atlanta, me and Gabby decided to go thrift shopping. I've been looking for some like vintage sunglasses and I can't seem to find any. Like what? I want some like old school John Lennon round sunglasses. I know exactly where you could find those. Where? Hot Topic. No, I don't want Hot Topic <laughs> sunglasses. Who's going to Hot Topic? Everybody's going to Hot Topic. No one's going to Hot Topic. You know it's who's... not 2008. Well, yeah, but everybody's going to Box Lunch now and it's owned by Hot Topic, so... Okay, but no, I want still vintage money, sunglasses. Bro. I don't want 
remade one or you know remakes i don't want plastic knockoffs right you want the real the real deal yeah so i looked for a few hours didn't find anything but i did come across a bunch of vinyl so i picked up some good Mm. uh blood sweat and tears like two or three records nice so that'll be fun to listen to yeah last uh, last music i picked up from charlie's uh was um i had picked up there was a picture disc record of uh return of the jedi but it's really? like a yeah it's like a one of those story ones that i mm. read to it's pretty sweet actually um and then i also picked up uh, minus the bear on cd which album oh uh planet of ice, planet of ice. yeah that dude. album goes so hard it's so good and i kind of forgot I forgot because. how good it was too, but I popped it in and like every song is just like, it's just so technically good, but also right. it's just, it's like, it's a feel good record too though. It's a feel good, you know, technically good record that also like is a hard hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot because I got onto minus the bear with the Omni album. Yeah. And that, and, and Planet of Ice predates that. And so I kind of had to do my homework. Does it really? And, yeah. And kind of find out about Planet of Ice. I thought Omni was like the first EP. No, that's because you listen to them because I found them <laughs> from Omni. Well, I didn't really listen to them. I mean, I, I listened to Omni back in the day, but uh, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> Dude, that is the topic. I love Minus the Bear. I know. Minus the Bear is always the topic. Okay. What's up? What happened with you last week? Yeah. So, I mean, I got part of my tax return. Um, so I've got a couple books, that sort of thing. Um, What'd you get? What books? I got Doctor Strange, the Omnibus, Volume 1. So that's like, the Omnibus things are like as many high quality like recreations of the comics as you can get. And they're all like in one big hardcover thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, it's kind of interesting like how, I, I love reading those old comics like that because they're just so, they're so raw. And, and they're literally like four pages a piece, um, but it's it's still really good. It's so like, the storylines just like little snippets. Yeah, because it is. So Doctor Strange was actually like at the end of another series called Strange Tales, which was kind of dominated by another character called the Human Torch at oh, the okay. time, but not the one from the Fantastic Four. Just another a separate one. A separate one. Well, that's that not confusing at all. The whole Fantastic Four, mm. and in fact, that uh, Human Torch is in uh, Iron Man Two. The movie, nice, which is pretty sweet. Um, but none of that matters <laughs> as much as the fact that I am rewatching Invader Zim. Very I nice. could not be happier about that, dude. I love Invader Zim. I have so a much. lot of it's fond so... memories of watching that cartoon, but it's so gross looking. Oh, it's gross looking. It's gross sounding. It's <laughs> it, it's awful, but it's the best kind of awful. It's like the all subs of TV shows, dude. It's so don't good. talk bad about all subs, dude. Oh, okay. On not... the subject of trash food, okay. This is breaking news. Waffle House is open 24-7 again. So I got myself so what you're a saying delicious is, waffle last night. What you're saying is the pandemic is officially over. Over. If Waffle House doesn't care, I don't care. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I I didn't get scared about the pandemic until I went to Waffle House and they were closed. Yeah, that's how you know it's a real state of emergency. They're open through like world-ending catastrophes and... Yeah, halfway through the pandemic, they called it, and I was like, this is it, guys. This is how you yeah. know. They make waffles like it's an emergency <laughs> at all times, and when they stop, it's like... They do. Something else. <laughs> I would love to get one of those waffle irons with the little logo on Dude, it. I thought about that this week. I thought about seeing how much it would be to actually buy a Stroop waffle maker. Because huh. I feel like I like Stroop waffles better than regular waffles. 
but I do like regular waffles better than Belgian waffles. That's too much waffle for no, me. No, I like Belgian waffles. It's too much waffle for me, bro. Weird. All right, well, should we uh, move on to the news? Let's hit the news. And now it's time for Random News. <laughs> All right, so first on the news, I mean, like, we can't not talk about this whole Russian fiasco. Like, is it World War Three or is it... I feel it like we could, though. <laughs> just skip past just it? Skip it. <laughs> There's no way. It's so in- intense what's going on. And what's weird is, like, I was going all in for this Ukrainian president. You know, everyone's, like, vouching for this dude. He's such a hero, such a patriot. And... uh now there's like weird reports coming about out about this dude. Like he's a little dictator himself, throws journalists in prison, like yeah, all the man. things that we accuse Putin of doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I haven't heard a whole lot about all of that stuff, but um, you know, from what I have heard, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep my nose out of it until it's a Yeah, that's kinda where the, I I've kinda the, ended up there where it's like I have a lot of opinions, but until we know more about what's actually happening, it's just best not to get too right. in the and, weeds on that. Yeah, on that note, I just hope we don't get too involved right away because then we could end up with, you know, Vietnam 2. Right, it could be bad. Or could be really World bad. War 3. Or World War 3, which would be worse. Um, Well, doubling back on what I just said, I do have one, <laughs> okay. one headline right. uh, attached to this. Biden admin shares intel with China in attempt to de-escalate Ukraine crisis. And China shares that intel with Russia, which I don't know much about <laughs> like geopolitical conflict, but I do know one thing. Don't give intel to China. Ever. Under ever. any circumstances. Never, ever, ever, ever never, under any circumstance should you ever, ever give intel to China. And that doesn't take. You see what they do with. The, with oh, no, never mind. <laughs> we're going to get. Never, we're going to yeah, get so into the weeds on yeah, this. Yeah, it's too. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. Uh. Biden. What, hold on. Did he think of that or did somebody else think of that? Who was like, oh, what, what, were, what was the end outcome supposed to be there? Were they just like. If he didn't think of that, that person, that whoever's reporting to him and giving this, this information or this advice needs to be fired on the spot. And second of all, why would you do that? In what universe do you think that giving intel to China is a good idea that they're going to have our best interest at heart? Yeah, like. It's not a carrot on a stick. You're just giving them the carrot. It's <laughs> There's no absolutely stick. <laughs> ridiculous. I have no idea how or wh- how he he came to this conclusion and why he did that. That man, that's that's kind of hilarious. Well, it's headlines like really, this really that makes sad. me think like uh, I could be president. <laughs> like I, I could have thought about that for seventy seconds at least and came mm-hmm. up with a better solution. Then the better solution was don't give any intel to China. Exactly. Just keep your freaking <laughs> mouth shut. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awful. Okay, next. <laughs> well, I hate to keep bringing up this giant bear in California, but it's it's a wild tale. And uh, he officially has a name. It's not Gargantos? <laughs> it's not. Is it Shumagorath? Because that's open now. <laughs> no, it's not a dumb name. Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. it is a dumb name. <laughs> Massive bear named Hank the Tank on the run from <laughs> California police. <laughs> he's on the run from police like he's a bandit. <laughs> We have like his mugshot from CNN here. He looks so sad in that picture. Oh my gosh, this isn't CNN. This is BBC News World. Hank, the, so he's gone viral to the whole world. Hank the Tank Everybody is a menace, dude. Dang. Striking fear into the hearts of Californians <laughs> left and right. Gosh. Um, like yeah. pasteurized milk and <laughs> forests. 
Yeah, it's insane. Um, this is a giant bear, and it's such a problem that it's making headlines. That's kind of scary. He's a massive bear. He's enormous. He's a he's a chonker. It is he's so a real scary. <laughs> but he's famous, so I've never seen a bear in real life, and I'm I'm happy about that. I'm trying to think if I have. I don't think so. I I remember there was at one time at camp when they were like there were bears in the area. Oh yeah, but, but and they had to like go shoot them off. Yeah, they just shoot them with paintballs, paint glow dark paintball gun. Well, everyone at Calvary talks about this time they came to work and there was a bear up oh, in the yeah, tree. Oh yeah, it was up in the tree. I remember that yeah. was on the news too. So he followed the uh, the main diversion channel down near Calvary, like the big like royal. Yeah, the yeah. ditch, and crawled up in a tree. And the, I've always wanted to skate in those ditches. It would be fun. Yeah, unless massive. there's a black bear. Unless in there. there's a bear in it. Right. Unless Hank the Tank is on his way. <laughs> <laughs> Hank the Tank the Menace. Hank the Tank the Menace. Okay, so I've got kind of big news. It's official. They've set a date. We're finally getting another Haunted Mansion movie. Really? Yes. I and don't know how I feel about that. I'm scared. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. But first off, there's... When I'm dead, just throw me in the trash. <laughs> the biggest point of news from this whole thing. I'll get to it in just a second. They've cast Rosario Dawson. You probably don't know who that is. Nope. <laughs> uh, Owen Wilson. I know you know who that is. Wow. Wow. Ka-chow. And thirdly, and most importantly, Danny DeVito is going to be in this Haunted Mansion movie. As who? Oh my gosh. As the little ghost guy? Probably. Oh, I don't I know. I hope so. He would fit that role perfectly. It doesn't matter as long as he's in it. But here's another giant thing about this. This movie has been in the works for a long time. And it's actually written by Guillermo del Toro, which means it's going to probably be like actual horror or have actual horror elements of it, which is a pretty interesting thing. Because so some the jump scares one, and a little bit of... Yeah, the last one was super comedy heavy. And there are things I like about it, but it didn't feel Haunted Mansion. So I'm Haunted like, Mansion I'm is, is such an incredible experience. If you've never if you've never ridden it at one of the Disney parks, it's an incredible experience because they ride the line perfectly between like making the the audience member or the guest uncertain of what's next, but also interjecting comedy and fun. But it's not funny. No, it's not funny. It's lighthearted and fun. It's a fun experience. Right. Um, I mean, there are funny things about it, but you kind of have to look. It's not yeah. like it's not like you know Pratt Falls or like knock knock jokes. Right. It's not Eddie Murphy. But, right. <laughs> so yeah, a couple of things about that is like um, that ride doesn't really lend itself well to story because it's it doesn't have a story really. Because when you go through the ride, it's basically you're just going through these rooms of an actual mansion. Right. And it's, there are it's things like happening in them. It's like a tour. It's like the house is taking you for a tour through itself. And you're seeing these ghosts and this whole situation happen. Right. And I think they kind of went a little too subtle on those things in the, the original Haunted Mansion movie. was like they, if you are really looking closely, you can see where they got some of the elements from the ride. But I think this one is going to probably lean more heavily towards being in those rooms and what those rooms are for and what they do, which I think is super interesting to think about. Um well, that was what made the Pirates of the Caribbean movie successful. Right. Is right. they took the the all of the key moments that you loved about the Pirates ride. And wove it into a story. Yes. Then they wove this this lore all around it. Yeah. 
And on that note, I cannot wait. There are two Pirates of the Caribbean movies in the works. Really? Are um, they bringing uh, Johnny Depp back, though? For one of them. Oh, really? So yeah. So Because he them got canceled a, for a little bit there. Yeah, but then he got uncanceled because like, they were Good like... for his, him. Yeah, his girl was like stupid. Straight lying. Straight lying. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, the, the one of them is going to be a direct sequel with him and hopefully with the original cast. Okay. With him. So that would be cool. Bring back Davy Jones and all them, too. Um, then the other one is going to be a spinoff. So we're not sure like what they're mm. thinking of for that one. A lot of people are thinking maybe they're gonna do, um, uh, you know, Red the new the new pirate chick from the ride. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's all kind of it's all in the ether at this moment. I mean, that would be super cool if they did a spinoff based on on the ride again. Because here's what's cool: is the ride obviously predates the movies. It was built in the '60s. Um, this this um, really great movie franchise comes out of it. And with that, with the popularity of the movie franchise, um, Disney started putting some of those new characters into the ride. Right. So kind of a cross-pollinating well, this intellectual going, property here, right? Yeah. And what's crazy, and this speaks to the genius of like the old school Disney park creators, is that now that the movie is kind of not you know, in the public eye as much, it's not as hot right now, they can remove those added elements from the ride, and the ride still has that magic. Right, right. And that's another interesting thing that's kind of happening right now is with the ride, they are kind of going backwards again. They're starting to realize that, you know, it's not all about the movies. And so now they're they're starting to put elements back from right. the original ride back into it, which is kind of nice to see. Um, but yeah, that's that's my first piece right there. The Haunted Mansion coming back at you with Danny DeFreakin' video. Nope. <laughs> you tried. Flag that. <laughs> like it <laughs> okay um my next topic is eat your vegetables <laughs> okay so my headline is eating veggies won't protect your heart study says <laughs> we'll show you. We'll show you. <laughs> uh, but then the second line says critics disagree. <laughs> and, I, you know, I have to say to them is don't be a science denier. You know what? You know what? Thick blood gang. <laughs> Thick blood gang. Thick healthy blood gang. <laughs> um, yeah, I read a little bit of this actual article and they're like, there's this whole new study that says that a plant-based diet um, doesn't actually have any overall health benefit or deficit to your heart, but That's then stupid. everyone else is saying they don't believe it. So I don't, I don't know where this leaves the situation, but I thought it was funny that in 2022, someone is still like, I think they're lying about <laughs> vegetables. About vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stay skeptical of everything, I guess. That's the lesson to learn from this one. Yeah, Keep who, who funded that study? McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ronaldo McDonaldo, uh, <laughs> chief scientist. <laughs> Chef Boyardi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought that was a really weird, a really weird topic. Yeah, that is strange. Um, we question vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I love vegetables. I just, here's what I do like. I like being contrary. So any headline <laughs> I can find that goes against like conventional wisdom, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Uh, this one is a little bit closer to home. Giant sea scorpion found in New Mexico. No. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. <laughs> but here's the problem is they don't put a post a photo. They post a CG rendering. Why? I don't know. If they really found one, why didn't they take a picture? It was probably a fossil. 
Um, no, it says a new species of giant sea scorpion was discovered in New Mexico. Yeah, that that says to me that it's probably a fossil they discovered. Oh, because we have no bodies of water. Yeah, I thought it was like, like Nessieing it up in Rio Grande. <laughs> you thought that was in the Rio Grande, right? Now? I don't know, or like Elephant Butte, which I know is man-made, but it's like that's exactly what I would expect to be an Elephant Butte. Let me tell you, yeah, I, yeah, but let me tell you something. This is how Jurassic Park the novel starts out. An unidentified creature, but they think they know what it is, and then it turns out being a dinosaur. So you know, our our time we're num <laughs> our time is numbered. What is what is the phrase? Our days are there numbered. There we go. Our days are our numbered. Our time is numbered. Our time is. Yeah, the scorpions are coming for you. Yeah, the scorpions are coming and, for you. And, and Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank and the scorpions. And and so, you know, get your koala shields ready. <laughs> and the robo dogs from and last week. And your robo week. dogs from last week, because here we go. What is happening to this world? World War Three, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've got, um, last thing on my list, uh, they finally, uh, Frank Marshall announced that they have finished uh, filming Indiana Jones, I believe this would be five. Do you know where they filmed it? Um, I think part of it was filmed here. I know, I know, a lot of it I think was filmed in Canada. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be a big deal. I think they're finally like because there's a lot of of big names attached to this thing. Um, you know, notably Harrison Ford. <laughs> Which is but, crazy that he's still doing movies. Yeah, but also the villain is going to be Mads Mikkelsen, who is always great. Um, you probably know him as the guy with the bleeding, crying eye from 007. You know what's weird uh, is I didn't know who you were talking about, but I imagined like the villain, and I was like, it's probably that guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy, he, they always do something with his eyes, too. Yeah, it's always. always creepy eyes. Uh, even Doctor Strange, they mm-hmm. cracked eyes. his eyes up. Yeah, whole thing. But the most important point of news that this um, is there's, well, it's not news. It's just a rumor, but I'm, I'm putting those vibes out there because I want this to be <laughs> real. Um, his name is Kehoi Kwan. You might know him from movies such as The Goonies, where he plays Data. Oh, that guy's my favorite. Or, is he the one with like the little chatter teeth on his belt? Yes. Or movies like Temple of Doom. Right. Another great one. And hopefully in the future... Indiana Jones 5. No way. Grown up. Yeah, no dude. No way. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, that would be so incredible. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be so cool. That would make all my dreams come true. <laughs> oh, we need to watch those movies again. You know I'm down. I know. <laughs> We're going to do that right after Jurassic Park, my guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jurassic Park 2. Mm-hmm. The only problem with the Indiana Jones series is that in the last one, for some reason, they made him look decrepit. Yeah, and then they came out with the next Star Wars movie, and he didn't look that bad. I thought he was going to die. <laughs> Me too. He, even his acting, he was moving all stiff and weird. They, and yeah, then he like, was acting old. He, he, in that movie, he looked as old as Dick Van Dyke did in real life. Yes, when Dick Van Dyke looked like a ghost old. of him, for, of his former self. Scary old. Scary old. Like, <laughs> like so frail, you didn't want to look at him. Yeah, like he's going to blow away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's how I felt with the last movie. I was like, stop making this poor old man do movies. Because he's not that old. Well, and then he comes out in a, in a Star Wars movie and he's killing it. Yeah, dude. I was like, whose choice was it to make him look that old and weird? In Indiana Jones. Probably whoever was telling him it was okay for him to keep wearing his earring that he wears. 
Have you seen that thing? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I hate it, man. It's like, you're Harrison Ford. Don't wear an earring like that. <laughs> He's like, I'm Harrison Ford. I'm going to wear my earring <laughs> like this. <laughs> Have you seen him uh, talk to David Blaine? Yes. He Dude, hates that he magic hates, crap. He and like, I'm with him. Yeah. Of course, of course he would be like, get out of my house. Get out of my house now. He pulled a card, a folded card out of my orange that I bought from the store. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. It's like, <laughs> it's like this old man is immediately overwhelmed and has had it. He's, He's like, like, you leave now. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that video. Yeah, it's great. Does that wrap it up for the news today? I think that'll do it for the news. All right. That means it's time for message from the president. Stand up tall. Stand up. Put your hands on your hearts. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Can you believe he said that in real life? Oh, my gosh. And you can't blame the dementia, which... That you, you can blame some of this mess on that, right? <laughs> Which is commonly held, you know, we all know he has dementia. Yeah, this was like 15 years ago. Yeah, there was no excuse for this, man. That was just gnarly. The video <laughs> is so much worse because he's talking to like an Indian American guy. Oh. Like an Eastern Indian American guy. No, oh not, my gosh. And everyone's just kind of like perplexed and just <laughs> moves on. <laughs> oh, President Biden. Well, I think we're going to move on to another segment. We're going to, oh, well, it's time to issue another formal apology. Um, For which we also apologize. I'd like to say uh, I apologize to, to the hippies for saying they don't have real jobs. But maybe, just maybe, they should get a job. Get a freaking job, hippie. <laughs> we also apologize for this button, which we're going to use from now on. <laughs> we're sorry that we uh, openly mocked you and say that you don't have anything to offer to our society. We, we apologize that we're going to continue to openly mock you for not having a job. <laughs> they don't have a job, but they're going to have a sense of humor by the end of this podcast. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I would like to formally apologize to my wife. About the glug situation from last week. She informed me that it sounded like she was clogging up our toilet, <laughs> not the shower drain. Oh. <laughs> well. And let me reassure everyone. I mean, if it... Right? <laughs> yeah. It was, if, if it do that. <laughs> if it do that. <laughs> it's still your fault, babe. But it wasn't the toilet. <laughs> Oh, I would also like to apologize to you. Thank you. My dearest brother. For discrediting you about your corn comments. My corn facts. (laughs) I'm sorry that I led our audience to believe that you were puny minded. (laughs) And you couldn't comprehend the facts that you had read on the internet. No. Corn. (laughs) According to all scientists and research done about corn. (laughs) The most up-to-date belief that they have about it is that it's a Mayan invention. Which is creepy. Which is really creepy. Freaking creepy. And I don't want to believe it. But corn is not a myth. 
Or it is a myth. It is a myth. And boycott it. (laughs) Next, I'd like to formally apologize to people who distinguish between llamas and alpacas. I just don't know. Where do they get all the time? I'm too busy to distinguish between llamas and alpacas. They're the same freaking thing. It's on their llama and alpaca farms. <laughs> it's, it's not only the farm owners. You know how many times I will say, oh, look at that llama, and someone will pipe up. Alpaca. How can they tell the difference? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. It's like bird watching. I can't, I don't know. The- <laughs> They're at least different colors. Sure. Well, but we, we apologize to them anyways. <laughs> it was rude the it way was, that we characterized it. It was rude. But get a better hobby as well. Yeah. Above all else, get a better hobby, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, did you have a chance to do any uh, reviews this week? I did. Yeah. I, I tried out something new. Uh, something I had done before, but, uh, you know, I kind of I held off on, on doing it usually. But uh, Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So should we hit it? We'll hit it. All right, give it to me. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay. Picture this. It's a two-way street. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. It's a a four-way street. Wait, what? Paseo. Imagine Paseo. A four-way street. You mean a four-lane street. It goes... goes, Did you actually try this out, or are you just making it up on the spot? No, no, I did this. Okay. I'm telling you. Paseo. Before it splits into four lanes on each side. Okay, so there's two lanes going east and two lanes going west. There you go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now, imagine me in one of those lanes going east. Okay. And another van next to me going east. Okay. We're both going the speed limit. Okay. Now some bunghole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know the type. Right on my butt. Oh, my gosh. Right there. And, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you what I did. I kept up perfect speed oh with my that gosh. van, right needle Just, on the dot. Uh, and but the 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 creme de la creme, creme, the best part of it was I would. I would speed up just a little. Oh, you just tricked little, him. I love little, doing this. Like I was going to do that, and then I slow down. <laughs> and he changes lanes. And he lanes. changes lanes. <laughs> Whoop, and, then, and then I slow down, and he gets over to the other lane, and then I speed back up. <laughs> and by the end, he's white-knuckling his yeah, steering wheel, you see, taking a bite like, out of it. I <laughs> <laughs> see the steam blowing out of his ears. Oh, man, was it a rush. And oh I was going gosh. the speed limit the whole time. I love that. Let me tell you what. I give that... Five stars and two enthusiastic thumbs, thumbs up. up. You should have given him a double thumbs up as he finally double passed thumbs you. thumbs up. I did. I smiled. <laughs> <laughs> Big ol' <laughs> Big, Big ol' cheeser. Big ol' life touch teeth, bro. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, I don't know why I keep bringing up the bathroom. <laughs> but I got to tell you, for some reason, uh, like a month ago, maybe longer. Is this going to be Gabby's fault? Oh, yeah. It's Gabby's fault. Okay. And I can't take any of the blame. I can't protect her at all. <laughs> we were running low on toilet paper, as one does, you know. As two do. As two do. <laughs> as number two do do. <laughs> and uh, she comes home. You know, she stops at the grocery store on the way from work, picks up a, a new batch, right? Fresh yeah, batch. Yeah. A uh, couple of loaves. A couple of loaves. We open those bad boys up, and they are <laughs> so... 
thin, dude. So thin. <laughs> Wait, thin like, like ply wise thin? Or? It was like half a ply. Half a ply. Oh my god. It was so bad. I've been walking funny, dude. I'm so. I'm so sorry <laughs> that that happened to you. <laughs> Dude, it was terrible. I cannot believe it was so bad. And here's the the sad irony, right? So uh, we buy this, and it's got to be like seven cents for a thousand rolls. <laughs> yeah, because they're just giving this crap away. Like this is the toy paper that was left on the shelf during the shortages during the pandemic. It's that stuff Trump was throwing at like Guatemalans or something. <laughs> it was so bad, and because it's so thin, it lasts forever. You cannot get rid of it fast enough, dude. I was like using absurd amounts of TP and I could not get rid of it fast enough. Man. And I'm not just going to throw it away. I'm going to at least get through the package. It took like two and a half months, man. Let me tell you something, bro. Never, ever skimp on on name brand TP. Why? Oh, yeah. That's my review. I finally got some real toilet paper and oh my gosh, I'd forgotten. Yeah, It bro. is luxurious. <laughs> Like I, there's no reason to ever skimp on toilet paper. Never, I don't know why never. people would, I don't even know who buys it. Cause it takes less of it when you Are get they buying brand. it for their pets? Why is there so much of it at the store? I think it's cause we're poor. <laughs> Sometimes we got to bro. It's like what's available at the gas station. It's only a That's couple of bucks more. At that point, use a newspaper. How sad are those rolls at the, at the, at the gas station. Oh not, yeah, I not, bought one of those before. Yeah, those are like emergency. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is just like sawdust that's been packed together, dude. It's so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I gotta say, man, just and, and not even luxury toilet paper, normal freaking toilet paper. Three out of five stars, at least. And that's on the low end. And that's because it can get kind of pricey. Yeah, that's true. It does. But solid three out of five. And there's no reason to get the other stuff. No, there's no reason for it. Man. It's impolite. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this week. A um, couple of things. Like, we've been listening to music, like, like similar music, but we've kind of, like, drifted into two separate spaces recently, music-wise. You think so? Yeah, I think so. And like, didn't used to be that way. I remember there was a there was a time when like our playlist was five songs long, and it was the same thing we listened to every stinking Friday night, bro. When was this? Like Green Machine days, Blue huh. Sky Noise. Oh, but that's a good album. I know, Blue Sky Noise, Omni, and like Passion Pit. Passion Pit, dude. Yes, that was high rotation. Mm-hmm. Friendly Fires. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So what we were going to talk about for a little bit is what music are you listening to now versus 10 years ago and why? Yeah. So kind of what I'm listening to right now, we touched on it a little bit. Um, I've been spending a lot more time finding my music like in physical, not digital. Mm -hmm. I like being able to like give money where I think people are doing a good job. Sure. So I'm, I'm pr I, I, I am proud of that, <laughs> which means I buy a lot of vinyl. I buy a lot of, um, buy a lot of CDs now. Um, my car is full of CDs though. <laughs> I need like, I need some, like one of those changer things. 
Oh, like a six CD changer from yeah. like the early 2000s? Plus like a book for all of the CDs I still <laughs> have, dude. But like on heavy rotation right now, I've got Don FM. Oh, same. That's good. That record goes so hard. When it dropped, I played the first song and I was like, I'm not going home until I like finish the yeah, album. Yeah, dude. Track one to track two, like there's no... There's no backing down from that. You have to listen to the whole thing after you do that. And that's the same yeah. way I felt back in the day. I used to feel the same way about um, uh, Blue Sky Noise. Once yeah. I start that album, I have to, to finish it all the way through because it's just every song is right. hit after hit after hit. It's and Blue so Sky good. Noise is, is um, it's probably the most popular album by Circus Survive. But that album is also recorded kind of seamlessly. Don FM by The Weeknd, the, the, his current album, is similar um, it, maybe it's not seamless, but sonically, it just is so interwoven yeah, and connected. Yeah, where the songs sort of melt together. They do, and just... they kind of call back to one another um, in a way that really only, like I've heard the Beatles do. And not that it sounds like the Beatles, but they'll reference other hooks from other songs in songs. Yeah, that's something I, I notice uh, Kanye tends to do a lot. Sure, he'll revisit like similar ideas and thoughts, or, or even, even call back to like older albums. Yeah, even like entire phrases from other albums, but right. just with new meaning, which is super interesting. Uh, that's another thing I've been listening to. I finally found uh, Donda on CD. It's a good one. To that it's pretty good. It's pretty stinking good, dude. I want him just to have the energy that he had like, like eight years ago, though. Like I like what he's doing sonically. I like his arrangements and everything, but there was just this like pristine sound. That he yeah. had with the high impact 808s. When did Yeezus come out? I don't know. That, that had to have been around 2012, 2011. That uh, sort of yeah, era. it's pretty old now. But yeah, that album is incredible, especially because he was so like restrained uh, for someone who like plays off of a lot of samples. Right. That that record is really like synth driven, very synth driven, which was weird for him. I mean, not not like. Well, it was weird for any hip hop artist at the time because they were going more like digital synths. Right, because he was mostly like sampling other things that already existed. Right. This was like totally synth him. Right. And another thing that was happening around that time, I think they kind of got it from Kanye, um, but that Linkin Park album that came out in like 2011. Oh yeah, that thousand white and sons, black one. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting too. That, but Linkin Park fans hate that album. Because it's so electronic driven. It's so good, but though. it's such a good album. That's another one I it recently bought so on vinyl. It sounds so big. It, it sounds, sounds massive. So warm and good on vinyl too, yeah. though, dude. It's uh, that has a lot of hard hitting tracks too. And they did a weird thing where the the last track on that album is the whole album. Yeah, well, that's that's not the case with the vinyl. Well, because it would be the whole vinyl. The record would be so so long. But <laughs> It'd be a giant pizza sized <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> record. Now that's an idea. Yeah. Giant records. <laughs> so 10 years ago, I was listening to a ton of Circus Survive. Pretty much anything they were putting out. Um, Foles was in high rotation even then, and it still yeah. is for me. That's, yeah, that's, Foles is still. Foles is probably the only band that I've consistently listened to this whole time. Um, I just can't get enough. Every iteration of that band, every EP and, and record they put out just sounds like cleaner than the previous one. Um, friendly fires. Yeah, you brought that up. That's like a blast from the past. That yeah, was like real, a whole, I was like in a, in a whole kind of like new disco phase then, like indie rock. Yeah, it was, disco this, it was a weird like lawless wasteland for indie back then. Yeah, it was incredible. Oh my gosh, MGMT. MGMT. Like, dude, two door cinema club. Yeah, it was like that was on heavy rotation. Indie dude. renaissance. Be dude. Beacon had like just come out in 2012. Yeah, 
that was like in high school that was like i was listening to that in zomboy back to back like <laughs> all day long not doing schoolwork. <laughs> oh yeah just but listening just to tons listen- of music there was so much good music back then i mean back then i was also really into like um like late 80s early 90s era depeche mode oh yeah and like the Absolutely. cure in a way that i don't listen to them now i listen to them pretty religiously I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. Um, I have a few a few Depeche Mode records, um, you know, on vinyl. But that's another band where like they sound good still, but they have no energy. Yeah, it's kind of absolutely sad, none. I, I actually I enjoyed Spirit, but it wasn't like I have it on CD, but it's not one of those ones that I listen to all the time. But even back when um, Sounds of the Universe had just come out, and that one's pretty good, and Delta Machine. Delta Machine is kind of slow. It's kind of bluesy, but it's got a lot of more energy than than Spirit has. I think Depeche Mode is in this place where they were they were kind of characterized as an electronic band without a soul. Yeah, like so a they, lot of synth music was back in the day. It's like oh, it's not real music, and so now they're sitting in this space where it's like oh, we're the blues and we're synth, and th- that's like not a battle that needs to be fought because. No. Synth music and electronic music is just completely embedded in every genre now. Right. Every single genre is just has that kind of undertone or that backbone rather. And so just do what you did. Like give me some high energy, even like club mixes of like 10 minute songs. You yeah. Know? Well, you saw um, Dave Gahan. He's he's I don't know if he's quitting Depeche Mode. I don't think he is, but he's with Soul Savers now. They're I think that's a, a separate stuff. project. I think that's just a totally separate project. But have you heard it though? Uh, it I sounds have. good, man. It sounds. It doesn't sound like Depeche Mode, but it's definitely like Dave Gahan, and it's it's got a lot of energy. And yeah, it just, I've heard it. It's like, but see, I, I am kind of in this camp where I think that Depeche Mode's brilliance is in their like equal contribution. Yeah, that's true. You know, and also. Like, what was the dude that wrote Violator primarily, Andrew Wilder? Yeah. That dude was only in the band for, like, a short span and, like, just took them to another level, and I think they've never been able to kind of reach that again without Yeah. Him. Yeah, it's kind of weird how, like, altogether Depeche Mode is, like, I don't know how they were able to do it, and then, like, you lose two people, and it's, like, it all falls apart. It's such a weird And also, thing. here's what's funny. is like, our dad is a Vince Clark Pierce. I'm named after the guy who started yeah. Depeche Mode, who <laughs> left Depeche Mode after the first two albums. I think they peaked without him. <laughs> and there's, like, there are these two camps of Depeche Mode fans where it's, like, it's like pre and post Vince Clark. But here's the thing, though, because I kind of feel like that, too, sort of, but I... There are some really early Depeche Mode things with him that are so good. So I'm they're like they're split into like three different eras for me. There's the the Vince Clark era, which has some really good stuff really early on. Yeah. Um, but then it got a little more poppy with him, and then he left, and mm-hmm. then it was super deep. Yeah. And really and good. Big sound. Yeah, really big, and like. And this is like John the Revelator and Violator. Yeah, dude. Oh. Playing the Angel is so good. That's another one I have That's on uh, 180 gram right now. That's good. It's a great one. That's really good. But then, yeah, once Andy Wilder left, it's like something's missing. 
Which is weird. Yeah. It's like the personality is gone. Foles is kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> yes, they, <laughs> they are. Keep and dropping dudes left and right. And it's <laughs> it's all Giannis, dude. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, Foles is one where they were so, so intricate sounding and so nuanced in, in their in their song structure, in the way they play with arpeggios and tone and texture and color. And I was like, this has to be just this this moment in history that I'm experiencing where these five or six dudes are all in a room making it happen. Come to find out, no, no it's all it's Giannis. He writes 90% of this himself and it gets better every time. Yeah, man. It doesn't matter if he writes an album that's like a little more like rock centric. The new stuff that's coming out, I don't know if you've heard it, is more like electro dance. See, and that's that's an interesting thing about the last two albums. The first one was super technical the, and they came out like back to back. So right. The first one was super technical. Second one was super like, you know, rock and roll. And that was my favorite. I have that one on CD and it's... Ah, Black Bull is is killer, dude. And I like the more technical stuff. And the funny thing about that first album is that it was their first album without their original bassist. And that whole album <laughs> has the most buttery, so, beautiful, so fat bass. low end. Oh my gosh! It's in, and it's it's tasteful and it's yeah. articulate <laughs> and it's like. That's messed up. Yeah, it's kind of rude, man. <laughs> and then the synth player leaves. I'm like, oh my gosh. No, dude. I love that guy. And then it's like, Giannis just has to learn how to do it himself and he'll do it better. Yep. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. It's a Jamiroquai situation, bro. Yeah. Except for Giannis <laughs> isn't a jerk. He seems like the sweetest guy. Yeah. But we don't know that though. <laughs> well, I met him once. Oh yeah. Yeah. I took a selfie with him. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I waited outline in that. I waited in that line so long. And then you're like, I'm going to get sushi. And then... <laughs> That always happens. That's why I took you to meet Tim Allen, because I knew that was going to happen. That's why you took me knowing that I would eventually yes. meet Tim Allen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that does always happen. <laughs> I don't know why I don't capitalize on that weird like phenomenon more often. I don't know, around, like venues. That's like your superpower. I know. I met Under Oath that way. Yeah, you did. You were sleeping. <laughs> me and Phil went to get pizza, and then... I took a nap in the car, woke up, and like, yeah. <laughs> that uh, Spencer's hanging out right yeah, by the car. Dude. dude, that is so funny. Yeah. The, the other thing that we haven't really that I didn't really touch on yet is 10 years ago I was much more into the into the like death metal oh yeah dude like post hardcore stuff I still love <laughs> it does it's I still like it on like a on like a good drive yeah dude I'll blast some good like heavy like some veil of my when you want to get somewhere yeah like, mm-hmm. and you just get lost in the sound it is great driving music um that was kind of my go-to back then since then I've like this kind of newfound appreciation for like modern R&B some hip hop um also like uh, our parents were like true children of the 80s and so our experience in the 90s was reliving the 80s yeah, which is funny which is and so and that's not the case for my wife and so I remember like trolling her so hard cuz she would like put on like <laughs> Tupac and to me Tupac was like a meme because it was like what the other dumb kids at, at like elementary yeah, school as, were as into. As far as we were concerned, it was all 80s all the time. Right. 80s was there was nothing of value. The 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Yes, there was nothing so of value missed, that came out after 1989. Yeah, we kind of missed all that. Yeah. Even and, even like uh, Michael Jackson, which that's another one of my constants. I, I always like I like Michael MJ. Jackson, dude. I like his earliest stuff probably. His earliest standalone records are my favorite. There you go. Yeah, or you have to specify earliest standalone because I'm not... I, I, People get mad when I say this, but I'm not super into the Jackson Five. No, I'm not super into the Jackson Five. But I tell you what, the Jacksons, the Jacksons, the Jacksons kill go it hard. Yeah, um, but yeah, the '80s. So, so like I 
kind of gotten this mindset in the last like five years, I'd have to say, where it's like, if everyone loves something, I should do my due diligence and figure out what that is. Even if I don't like it myself, I need to understand it. Yeah. And so that sent me on this weird course where like, I started off with like Biggie Smalls. Like, okay, I need to understand Notorious B.I.G. because I, Biggie. <laughs> I, I couldn't care less 10 years ago. But five years ago, me got it. Yeah. And now it makes sense. And now that like that hip hop renaissance from the early 90s or mid 90s. Oh, my gosh. Now it makes so much. Now I see how how pivotal that genre was for current artists and music. Just like the stuff we were listening to with Depeche Mode influenced synth and pop and new wave and right and even even the like even the new Don FM album is so like oh yeah they they wouldn't be here with without Kraftwerk you right. know what I mean they wouldn't be here without Kraftwerk but also like you wouldn't have the weekend without early two thousands R and B right all of that stuff it's all a give and take it's all interconnected like you can hear like Giorgio Marauder in there you can hear Daft Punk in Don FM you can hear Biggie you can hear here's a thought I had the other day. I think the weekend might be Daft Punk Jackson. He might be. I think he I said might this be. like a long time ago actually. I said this a long time ago and people were kind of people were like I think they ignored me cuz they didn't know what I was saying. Yeah. And I said if MJ was writing music today with current producers today, not uh, what I wasn't saying is if Michael Jackson was still alive and he continued to write music. No. If if Michael Jackson was born in 1990, right. He would sound like The Weeknd. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. It's like, because um, he, he was always taking from what was happening currently and making it new and making it fresh. Um, and if he was born in the 90s and started doing that now, mm -hmm. it would have ended up just so influenced by by what was happening in the 80s, what's going to happen in the right. future, you know, what was happening. Because... And that's another thing is it brings together so many aspects of what is good about the weekend. Right. It's this timeless appreciation for good music and for for taking time to make these these tracks that just are sonically co so colorful and so much depth. Right. Um that's something Michael did super well. Right. And and it it kind of shows itself off. There was this kind of like this like cluster of time where like Sheik was recording with Daft Punk and then Daft Punk was recording with The Weeknd and like I could just see it like it all made sense. Yeah. Like if they could just form one super troop. Yeah, dude. Here's what I always thought the ultimate song would be. Okay. Listen to this. A song written by The Neighborhood featuring The Weeknd and Lana Del Rey. That would be fun. That's a very California those, sounding. Yeah, I think all that would work together really well. Somebody needs to make that happen because. Although I don't care for the weekend's last vibe. album, it's really boring to me. What was that one? Starboy? No, 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 not. No, I said. Uh, oh, I meant the neighborhood. Oh, the neighborhood's last album. Yeah. You mean uh, it's hard to imagine the neighborhood ever changing or no uh, monochrome? What is it? Monochrome. Oh, and the monotones. Chip tone, chip, chip tone and the monotone. No, chip chrome and the monotones. There you go. No, I, there's a lot of songs that I actually really like on that one. I can't get down with it. I don't know why. And I love The Neighborhood. I, that's a band I rooted for. I feel the same way with the current iteration of The Neighborhood as I do with the 1975, where I was a massive fan. And now everything they put out, I am just like, I like <laughs> want to love it. And I like wait on the edge of my seat for the albums to drop. And then I just, I just don't care. 
I can't even think of a single song by the 1975. That was never my jam. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Oh, they were so good because they, they could have handed off the kind of indie rock feeling into like a modern genre. If they had done it right, they were right on the tail end of all that. Yeah. Um, and they could have lived on in a way that none of those other artists did, but they just dropped the ball and it got too, they got too like egotistical. I think they thought we can't do anything wrong. And so they started writing more niche, weirder stuff. And it's like, bro, save that for a side project. Yeah. Like keep kicking out bangers for your fans. Kind of the opposite of that though is Tame Impala. He keeps getting weirder, but it keeps getting better. Well, I, yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. I love Tame Impala. It doesn't matter what album. Oh, yeah. I can put it on and listen to it you for know hours. What, what I used to listen to a lot back in the day that I don't anymore? Neon Indian. Oh, well, that's because he stopped putting on music. No, I think he has some new stuff now. Neon mm, Indian that new. and M83. M83 went kind of weird. M83 got boring. Yeah. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, so that, that was probably not quite 10 years ago, but M83 and Neon Indian were both like really high rotation. Actually, it's probably about 10 years ago now. Yeah, because he can, uh, M83 did that that uh, soundtrack for the movie Oblivion. That right. was pretty good. I actually really liked that. But then after that, it was kind of weird. Everything he did was just shapeless and formless. Yeah, he, it like, was. didn't know how to write songs anymore. Yeah, it was weird because once you go, because writing for films is totally different from writing an album. And mm-hmm. he wrote an album pretty obviously the way he wrote for a movie and it didn't work yeah so i don't know about the i don't know where they've been the other thing that i like to do now is oh oh so along that same line of thought so like i try to do my due diligence and kind of understand a genre that's what got me super into the beatles this last year is like they are hailed as like these kings of of music yeah and i want to understand why band Right. Like and when you think of a band, you think of the Beatles. Right. If you had to name a band, yeah, right? Right now. It's the and Beatles. I wanted to understand that because I didn't grow up with that appreciation. And right. when I just started going through their like music catalog and realizing all of these hits I've heard that in my mind were like a caricature of like the sixties and then a caricature of the seventies. And it's like all of these songs that I thought were different bands from the sixties and seventies were all the it's Beatles. All the Beatles. It, it's incredible. The and the amount of music that they put out was incredible. And so I feel like this theory has kind of paid off so many times by now, whether it's like Tupac and Biggie Smalls or the Beatles or whatever, that now I'm kind of like, okay, I want to really make this more of like a practice in my life. And right now I'm trying to like understand like Willie Nelson. Like I want to get it. He has, (laughs) he's put out like multiple albums every year since like 1958. Really? Willie Nelson? He has like 70 albums. What? He has hundreds upon hundreds of songs. He has to. Well, you know, he was on King of the Hill. It's insane. And I want to understand it. And some of them I actually like because it's like before country music turned into this kind of joke that it is now. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. And so I'm trying to kind of understand that. There's a couple other artists where I'm like trying to figure it out. The other thing that I'm really into now is um, it's a YouTuber called My Analog Journal. Hmm. What he does is he picks a genre and he just spins vinyl in real time. Like for an hour straight. That's pretty cool. And I'll just put it on while I'm working on something, cleaning the house or working on graphic design. And um, this is where I get into these weird subgenres where I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll come to hang out with you. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> Afro Cuban jazz. <laughs> dude, that is so good. I know. And it's all because so of that guy. It's specific, but oh, it's so it's good. It's so good, dude. I know. And then he'll be like, oh, here's two hours of like Korean funk. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> 
How do they even? Uh, there, there can't be that many genres of those albums on, oh, on vinyl. There is. There's a plethora <laughs> of incredible high level music that you've never heard of. That's insane. I know, and I love it. Yeah. One of the things I don't like that's been going on recently is Walmart and Target have recently started to sell um, new albums on vinyl, driving well, up the it's, price it's of those just, things. Well, it's just trendy. I know it's trendy, but like it, it bugs me that, I mean, it shouldn't because it's money going to people that make music that I like, but it bugs me when people have records they don't listen to. Well, I'm kind of in that camp right now because I, I lost are. the power supply <laughs> to my record player. Well, what's it take? Not much. I need to get one on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I'm collecting more and more vinyl. Like my stack is growing. I know, but it's it's such a different experience when you sit down, and and I have a a few throwaway albums too on vinyl, but they're just so much better when you're intentionally going to sit down and listen to this album. That's yeah. an experience I won't give up. Well, that's what I that's Unless, what I try to do when I drive. Yeah. But, but you're driving, you're doing other things. It's a different experience when you're sitting there listening to the music. What I did the other night, I have this thing that I, that I built out of a kit. It's, a, it's like a star simulator constellation thing. And it's a mm. light. You press it and it turns on. Right. So you get the constellation. It like projects the stars on the sky. Yeah. So I did that. I turned off all the lights in the house. And I just played Dawn FM all the way through. Just it's through, incredible. through the Sony soundbar. And it's it's a totally different experience because I'm here right now to listen to this and that's all. Well, that's, that's how it is when I drive. I drive at night when there's like no cars on the road and I get that music as loud as I can humanly get it. And I tell you what, it's like it's like I transport into another world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like I'm not even there anymore. It's, it's seriously, it's like... And it's like I can see the music. Yeah, it's so weird. Getting lost into it. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do right now. And... Like, yeah, like I said before, my favorite album to do that with it right now is Don, Don FM. FM. But, yeah, of course. But other albums that I, I was doing that with recently. Um, Omni was always that album for me. And it used to be Blue Sky Noise for me. Blue Sky Noise and Violent Waves. Those ones. Violent are, Waves is good. Yeah, those are great. Um, but was I going to say Purity Ring? Oh, yeah. Not I their, can see that. Not their most recent album. but The, the previous the, one. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Like another universe or something I like think that. So yeah, that album is really good to listen to all the way through. Cause there's a lot of like nuance, especially in the vinyl. So it's like, it's an experience, not just an album. Yeah. That kind of points back to the two things I've listened to slash read. One of them was like, um, the human brain just emits dopamine when listening to music higher than like a hundred DB. Really? Yeah, and so there's, I'm not sure if they know why it is, but it's kind of proven that once you kind of bump music that loud, it just starts to be gratifying and has this kind of like healing effect. (laughs) Yeah, It's better louder. Which is why I don't understand. I have friends that listen to music like super quiet. Like music for them is always a background experience. And for me, music is like a foreground experience. Music is like a movie to me. It is literally the soundtrack of my life. Exactly. And it kind of like... It, it kind of helps me process through things. It helps me disconnect from like the literal world. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson frames it like this. He talks about how music helps the average person transcend the physical into the spiritual. And it's why like at a concert, it can feel like a religious experience. And it's because it, it it's this kind of like, um, not to like devalue the, the value of like a real relationship with the Lord or whatever. A real spiritual encounter. Right, right. A real spiritual encounter that's intentional. 
But I think there is this interesting effect where it's like humans are also spiritual beings. That's a biblical idea. Right, right. And um, there are definitely ways to kind of tap into that. And music is one of those ways that can bring people together in a really odd, non-physical way. Right. Super interesting. Yeah, it's like a non-tangible experience, like love or affection or whatever. It's just out out there in the ether somewhere. Right. Yeah. Interesting. It's incredible. I don't know how people listen to music quietly. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it's not on full blast, then it doesn't matter, bro. I, I was even listening to Donda and I was like, man, this is just kind of okay. And then I turned it up and it was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is real good. Well, also, uh, Ye keeps playing with these 808s that have really good sub bass, but not a good not a good amount of bass. Yeah. And you can't hear it at like medium volume. Right. That's really funny. It's another thing. Getting your 808s just right is like. That's a mess, a challenge, dude. Because dude. you're listening on like little headphones or on laptop speakers or whatever your sound system is. Well, I mean, is. I, I have a whole. <laughs> well, I know, but up, like but that speaker's not going to be calibrated like your car. Right, exactly. It's n- None of it sounds the same. Yeah, the more I like tinker with like sound structure and playing with, with like DAWs and stuff, the more I respect whoever masters an album. Oh, yeah. Because totally. that dude makes it sound good on everything. Mm-hmm. How does he do that? Yeah, it's it's the whole like live versus a recording thing. Like there mm-hmm. are some people that suck live. And it might just be because it's mixed weird. It's not what you're used to hearing. Right. But there are other bands that it's like, oh, it's so good live. <laughs> so good it's live. Like, it's like an extension like of the I, record. I wish I could have them here to sing this to me every day <laughs> because it's so much better live. It's true. Minus the Bear was one of those bands. They are. Which was crazy because their albums are good. Right. And they were just... They, they would just push me past that yeah, live. blew me out of the water live. Them, Foles... Foles is made for live. Yeah, Foles is like this anomaly that you can't even really capture no. in, in a recording. It's just, yeah, it's just not the same thing at all. But it's so good. So and good. then you have the opposite effect like you're talking about where an artist will be like like the unsung hero of the band is like the dude in the studio. Right. And he's the only reason they sound any good. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted money on that. Who is that you said that... Uh, Oh man, not animals as leaders. There's another like, um, oh, the one with the uh, tigers on the uh, album periphery. Cover. No, uh, Polyphia. Polyphia. Yeah, they are this like instrumental hardcore band that on their albums are their technically album is, like, so incredible. Good. You know, yeah, it's insane. Like you listen to this album for the first time and you're like, what even is music anymore? <laughs> right. And then it's this cu- crazy experience. And then I was talking to my buddy. I was like, oh, I love to see Polyphia live, and he's like. Uh, there's like this whole fiasco where like they just stopped practicing <laughs> and live their garbage. And I looked it up. I was like, what's up with this band? And people were like, don't waste your money on it live. Like they're incredible to listen to in your car and in your headphones. But like for whatever reason, they just don't give a crap about their live experience. That sucks. Terrible, dude. Yeah. I Yeah, I can't think of many bad live experiences i've had um one of those was going to see luke holland and his band his band is terrible luke holland oh, is that good. Guy, yeah that band <laughs> was so boring yeah that band was really boring but he was good when he did his solo like he usually does from youtube well there are people that are technically good but they don't know how to connect with an audience or they're not writing music for humans right they're, they're you know jazz musicians <laughs> <laughs> no i love jazz i love real I like jazz, jazz too. <laughs> that's that's how people characterize it though yeah all technique and like no no feeling yeah, that's how a lot of people describe it, like um, like notes that don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So is it really music? 
or is it just noise? But technically, yes, it all goes together. <laughs> it all uh, does go together. There is a certain point, though, in which it breaks down and it's like, this is not music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like gotta, writing that line, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get the balance right, man. That is so funny. So when you listen to music, is it is it nearly visual for you as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's not nearly visual. It's like it is visual. crystal clear. Yeah. Right? Like there are, um, there's a specific album, which you might not care for, uh, but two albums by a band called the M machine, three DJs who did, um, they did two albums based on, um, the, you know, that old movie metropolis. Oh yeah. Um, so they wrote two albums and they, they wrote stories per song on the album that goes with that, not with the movie, but it's, it's an actual like story, even though there's no story being told, mm. you can hear what's happening within the bounds of each song and okay. what's trying to be conveyed. And that's one of those things where like, like my visual mind turns off mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's all like, I can see it all in my head. What's supposed to be happening. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing. That album in particular does that for me. Um, you know, there that does happen with every album because every album has a feel. But as far as like stories and and you know your mind's eye go, um, a lot of electronic music. I still listen to dubstep. In case you were wondering. Yeah, you do. You still go hard a with lot. that. <laughs> uh, that's one of the reasons I really like um, Dolby Atmos. Listening, is it flies out the instruments in a three D space. And I, I'm not a person generally who is following the narrative of a song, unless it's a really good story being told in a song. But what I'm really seeing when I hear it is like the placement of the different tones and the layers of instruments and how they're cascading. Right, but to me, that builds its own story. Every sound has a meaning. Every sound has its own story. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, that's interesting. That also shows itself to be true for me when I, I am listening to an audiobook or particularly a podcast <laughs> and I'll, I'll be listening to it and it's, it is a visual experience for me. Yeah. You know what? I listen I to will be driving and I'll like come out of a tunnel Yeah, and I'm like, where How did, did I get here? <laughs> yeah. And Gabby says it's not like that for her. Really? Yeah. She'll say, uh, it, she, she'll say it's really hard to process information that's given to me verbally, especially through like a digital format. And for me, I'm like, this is more fun. Like really listening to a podcast for me is more fun than watching a movie. Well, cause your mind can always be as good or as bad as you want it to be. Right. It, it there, can, there's nothing lacking. There's no me. boundaries. Yeah. Right. It's not just what's up on the screen, which you can see. That's another thing that I, I really enjoyed. Um, Marvel put out this podcast. Um, it's a series, a fictional series based on Wolverine. Um, but it's all audio and that oh, was okay. super interesting because it's like, it is an actual, you know, it's a fiction story mm -hmm. and where you're following Wolverine in this like world you're used to, but it's, it's such a different experience when you are coming up with it in your own head, the way that it looks and the way that it feels. It's yeah. totally different. Uh, also because most X-Men movies kind of suck. <laughs> so it's like finally that was like the best it was like finally a good x-men movie in my head 
That's so funny. <laughs> One without like weird crappy CG. Yeah, it was like all the CGI was great. The explosions were good. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I can't imagine the terrible mental picture we're painting for people right now. <laughs> Just imagining us talking into your ears. <laughs> it's something akin to Ren and Stempy whispering uh, into your ears. Oh, gosh. All we terrible. need is the nerve-ending fairy. and uh, Oh, my gosh. That show. And poop dog. <laughs> Okay, well, the specter uh, of defeat. Gosh, <laughs> Invader Zim is so uncomfortable to me. It's so good, dude. I like it. Well, I like. Did you ever it. watch Enter the Florpus? No, that was the the Netflix movie. They oh did. yes, I did. Yeah, and it kind of wraps it up. It's so good though. Yeah, it was good. It's like they could have gone like too weird with it, but they they updated it just it's enough. It's hard it to was, go too weird. It is. Well, it's not, already so weird. Yeah, it was really. There's a whole episode where he's just gathering other people's organs and eating them. So that's. <laughs> yeah, see, it's a whole terrible thing. And there's like baloney coming out of the sky. Remember that one? No, they turn into baloney. Oh, yeah. It's but there's no resolve. Thing. They actually just turn into baloney. I know. And I just imagine. <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid and like I could smell it. It was so gross. Fun fact that episode is called Balonus Maximus. So gross. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is a lot of fun for us. And uh, Thank you for being here today. <laughs> seriously, thank you for indulging us. This yeah, is, for sure. This is a lot of fun. This is the highlight of my week. It okay. is a lot of fun. I never thought fun. something as dumb as this would be so life-giving. <laughs> um, on a related note, um, if you have uh, loved ones or kids, kiss them, tuck them in tonight because you never know when Hank the Tank. Because it might be your last time. It might be your last time saying goodbye the to, the, out there. to the Hitos. <laughs> Patrol in the streets. And uh, as always, leave a five-star review. That would be super dope. Um, but in, uh, in, in, in any other um, any other thing you want to get off, off your chests <laughs> before, we, before we get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, there's got to be another thought. There's got to be something One else. last final One thought. One last final something. Well, it's not final because we'll be back next week, but maybe... Uh, a hot dog. A hot dog. I think it might be a hot dog. I don't like that thought. Oh, what about a brat? Still gross. <laughs> um, what about breakfast sausage? You get behind Waffle House sausage. Waffle House sausage? Is that our final thought? It's our final thought. Go get some Waffle House this week. Go for get real. some Waffle House. Support your local Waffle House because Support you never know when the next earth-ending event's going to happen. Make sure you're armed, but go. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. When Hank the Tank is going to be around the corner. Stay hungry, stay strapped, and have a good week, y'all. Woo